Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. As I have weighed this assignment, the Spirit of God has led me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 62 through 66. I want us to stand in reverence of the Word of God, and I want to encourage you, as you have opportunity, to read that entire chapter uh, for the context of our message today. Luke chapter 1, verses 62 through 66 in the New International Version. If you found a place, say amen. amen. It reads, then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe and through the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Amen. Amen. I want to share about a father who found his voice. This text is nestled in the nativity narrative that is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Normally, you would hear preaching from this passage during the Christmas season. It is a profound passage, though, that speaks to us as we recognize rightfully and commemorate our fathers on this day. For nine months, the home of Zacharias and Elizabeth had been permeated and pummeled with silence. Zacharias a Levite and a member of the Jewish priesthood while serving his time or his shift or his course in the temple lost his voice. This happened to Zacharias because of his lack of and lapse of faith when he encountered an angel who announced to him that his wife Elizabeth 
in her old age would give birth to a son. What does this text, though, have to do with us today? I'm glad you asked. Sadly and tragically, in many homes in America and in our communities, the voice of the father has been muffled, muted, maligned, misrepresented, or gone missing altogether. The reality of this is deeply damaging to the fabric of our society, of which biblical marriage and family is the foundation and the father and the husband is the chief cornerstone. This deficiency and this disparity also impacts negatively our churches and our ministries as well. Studies emphasize repeatedly the critical importance of the father's voice and role in the home and family and in the church. One study shows, and I quote, a positive and continuous relationship with one's father has been found to be associated with a good or positive self-concept, higher self-esteem, higher self-confidence in personal and social interaction, higher moral and spiritual maturity, reduced rates of unwed teen pregnancy, greater internal control, and higher career aspirations. Fathers who are affectionate, nurturing, and actively involved in child rearing are more likely to have, according to this study, well-adjusted children. Zacharias found his voice in this remarkable text and its context. He was a father who found his voice. Would you like to know how? First of all, he found his voice because he experienced what I call patient waiting. He experienced patient waiting. Sometimes Sometimes we miss the meaning, the substance of scripture when we read too fast. Our text begins with the word, and look at it for yourself. It begins with the word then, T-H-E-N, then. Then, according to the Webster Collegiate Dictionary, means soon after that. Or next in order of time. Soon after that, or next in order of time. In this text, then punctuates the point at which Zacharias finds his voice. Then follows that. It is on the eighth day when his son would be circumcised. According to Jewish custom, and then on this same day, there would be an official public declaration of the child's name. Well, early in this chapter, the angel did not give Zacharias 
when he lost his voice, a specific time or date regarding the recovery of his voice, but he simply told him that he would not be able to speak again until these things be performed. Sometimes God uses ambiguity. He uses mystery in our lives to advance us in the midst of adversity. God did not always tell us what he's doing. He asked us to trust him. God used that time as Zacharias waited for change. Waited for then, God used that time to strengthen his faith. And after his encounter with the angel and the loss of his voice, can you just imagine, just go back down memory lane and imagine yourself in Zacharias' household with each passing day as he looked at his wife, both too old biologically to have children, with each passing day, he witnessed the evidence of God's promise. In Elizabeth's womb. His faith became strong. I don't know what you're going through right now, but just hold on, man. God will show you some that will strengthen your faith. God uses that time to strengthen us as we walk with him. In defense of Zachariah, some of y'all looking at me real funny this morning. In defense of Zachariah, we all, before we got the men, we all had some that time. I can't tell your story, but I can tell you my story. I had some that time. That time. When my faith was weak. That time. When our commitment was compromised or crippled. That time. When we cared more about my way than God's way. That time when the church and ministry didn't matter. That time when our enthusiasm and our joy was low. That time when that time when we doubted his word. That time when we disobeyed his commandment. That time when we cared more for the things of the world than we cared for the things of God. Zechariah has been the only one that's gone through some that time. We didn't get to then yesterday. We've gone through some that time. So I'm so glad that that is not the last word in this church. Because then, Solomon, God was doing the that time. Through dark nights and seasons of bereavement, I have been for the last 10 years exercising a spiritual discipline, reading through the Bible once a year. The plan I use, I read the New Testament twice, the Old Testament once over the course of the year. And I was reading my daily passage and thinking about preaching here at Steel Usable uh, Ministers Church. And, and somehow Exodus 14, 21 jumped out at me 
when the Israelites got to the Red Sea and wilderness on either side and Pharaoh's armies gaining in the rear. The Bible says the Lord, while, while the Israelites slept, while they camped, the Lord caused the sea to go back all night long. So when they woke up in the morning, all they had to do was cross over on dry land. So even while we're sleeping, even while we are in the midst of our death time, God is still moving. He's still working. Now let me say this. I, I just... Because I've been impressed with the brothers here this morning. But I'm impressed with the sisters as well. You cannot read this text without recognizing the pivotal role that Elizabeth played during this period when her husband and the father of her child lost his voice in that time. During Zechariah's that time. She stepped up, she stepped up and she stood in the gap. Now, on the day you read it for yourself, I'm not making it up. It's in the text. On the day of the child's circumcision, when the priest said essentially, this is what the priest said, that came to circumcise the child, they said his name shall be called Zacharias Jr. Little jumped up. She said, No, no. She spoke emphatically. Not so. His name shall be called John. Because John means the Lord is gracious. Her affirmation, you got to understand this, this culture. Her affirmation was a breakthrough. It was unprecedented in this culture. And so I know I know it's Father's Day, but it would be a dereliction of duty today if we failed to recognize the Elizabeths in our lives. The women, mothers, grandmothers, sisters, aunts, ministers, evangelists, whose voices, values, and virtues bless God and bless us when we lost our voice. When we were in some far country, helpless, hopeless, and too many of us fatherless. I thank God for those women who stood up in the midst of that time and cried out to God, piercing the horizons of our despair and desperation. Give hope to us. Oh, I think about my grandmama. I think about those women God placed. Those mothers in the church. When this old boy was trying to find his way home, they prayed for me. And they said, son, God's got something good for you. So let's just give all the Elizabeths in our lives a big hand to praise this morning. Also, Zechariah was a father who found his voice. He found it because he experienced patient waiting. Some of y'all going through that time right now. But if you hold on to God, unchanging hand, 
then is down the road. He may not come. He may not come when you want him. But he's always on time. He found his voice because in the first instance, he experienced patient waiting. Y'all said patient waiting. Now in the second instance in the text, I'm not making it up. He found his voice when he exhibited passionate worship. Now after Elizabeth Nelson, after Elizabeth spoke up, said, no, it's not Zachariah Jr. we're talking about. This boy got a destiny. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. This child is somebody special. Zachariah said, give me a tablet. He, he motioned because some folks think he not only lost his speech, but he lost his hearing. He wrote on the tablet when he got it, his name concurred with his wife because they were one. He said his name shall be called John. The text says when he wrote this down, I'm not making it up. It said immediately. I mean right away. Spontaneously, instantaneously, immediately. He opened his mouth. And listen, he didn't say thank you, Elizabeth. He didn't say, I'm glad y'all came to the dedication today. It says immediately. When his tongue was loose, he began to speak. Yeah. See, sometimes we get our carts before our horses. When the Lord has blessed you, we owe him some praise. First thing I love you when the sister said this morning when she got out of the bed, the first daddy she thanked was our father. Which is in heaven. After nine months of silence, when he got his tongue back, when his speech returned, the Bible says he worshiped. The word translated praise or worship, depending on your translation, means it's the word from which we get our word eulogy. Eulogio, that's what it sounds like in the Greek. So often we think eulogy, we think somebody's died. But every morning and every night, we ought to bless God. We ought to eulogize God. And he exhibited, exuded, in fact, means to radiate. To convey or emit. In other words, he was toxic. We gone through this COVID thing. And, and one of the things we learned is some folk could have it, but they ain't symptomatic. And you know, the way my mind thinks, the way meaningful moments of birth in my spirit is I think about stuff like that. And then I immediately go to a spiritual application and and I think about our churches and how many folks say, I love the Lord and he heard my cry and my every tone. But when you look at them in church and when you look for them in prayer service and you're looking, Help us, God. looking for them in Bible study, yes, God. you start thinking they must be asymptomatic. Yes, they say it got the disease. Yes, they don't ever show it. 
You don't have to know systematic theology. Yes, sir. You don't have to know the rudiments of church history. Uh, All you got to know is your story. Yes, sir. Uh, and can't nobody yes, tell your story yes, better than you can. Yes, Him writer said, This is my story. This is my song. Taking my stand all the day long. Zacharias told his story. And if you read the rest of the chapter, he does not talk about his time of silence. He does not talk about his newborn child. All the attention is focused on the one who's coming down who will be born in a stable in Bethlehem. The angelic chorus would say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward me. Zechariah said my son is just the opening act because the best is yet to come. He said the son is going to come and there's going to be a breakout and the day springs of heaven open up. God is up to something. And what Zechariah knew is that God wrapped himself up in human form and flesh and he came down through 42 generations. He did not come to become a king. He did not come to be crowned with the elites of the day. But he came and took on the body so he could one day walk up to Calvary's cross and put a cross on his shoulder and die so you and I might live again. As I close today, you can find your voice because he lost his thousands of years before the one who died on Calvary came. Isaiah said, he opened out his mouth. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, but he gave up his voice. He opened out his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. He opened out his mouth. And because he was silent on an old rugged cross, they stretched him up. They dropped him low. They told him how he died. Didn't he do it? He died, but he didn't stay dead. That was back on his You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.